With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello out there. My name is Sam Maxwell, and welcome to the Bedford and Sullivan Podcast, the podcast that keeps you, the audience, active listeners in the Brooklyn Dodgers TV series research process. And I am very, very happy to bring on uh, retired AP writer Hal Bach to the program. How you doing, Hal? Good to be with you, Sam. Well, first off, I, you put together this great book about Willard Mullen, and it's fantastic. I certainly want to get to the book, uh, but I don't want to assume anybody out there exactly knows who Willard Mullen is. So if you could give us a little background on who Willard Mullen is and uh, how you came about writing the book or putting together the book. Well, Willard Mullen was uh, the most important sports cartoonist at a time when newspapers carried sports cartoons. He was syndicated by Scripps Howard uh, News Service, and he appeared here in New York in the New York World Telegram and Sun. And he wrote, he did columns six days, I mean uh, cartoons, six days a week. And he invented some of the most iconic uh, mascots in the history of baseball. He is the guy who came up with the Brooklyn Dodger bum, uh, who was an iconic figure. I mean, he was the... The, the mascot, he was the guy that you identified with the Dodgers. Uh, Mullen also came up, and, you know, instead of the St. Louis Cardinals, the simple, the simple symbol of the Cardinals would be the bird. Well, Mullen came up with a St. Louis Swifty, a, a riverboat gambler on the Mississippi. Would he, I mean, it was just a, his imagination was fantastic. When the Phillies won the pennant in 1950 with a young, young team, uh, Mullen labeled them the whiz kids. And he had a little uh, juvenile delinquent with, a, with a, uh, a slingshot hanging out of his back pocket. Stuff like that. That was typical Willard Mullen. Uh, he had a whimsical sense of humor, and he, and he translated it with pen and ink on a daily basis. Well, looking at some of them, I mean, you know, he, he had these great caricatures when it comes to something like the Brooklyn Bums and great cartoons in a way. But he was also very, very sound when it came to, to actual human structure and, and, all, and just natural uh, drawings of, of, of human beings. And and without, without question, Sam. I mean, he could, he could draw great portraits. He had great portraits, and they're in the book, of Lou Gehrig and, and Babe Ruth, uh, fabulous portraits. And people would say to him, you're an artist. And he said, no, 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 I'm not an artist. I'm a cartoonist. <laughs> so he was very proud of his pr- profession. So how did you get this book uh, put together? Well, um, as I said, uh, Mullen was a, a headliner here in New York for, for many, many years, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I read his, his piece, or I looked at his piece every day in the World Telegram. I mean, it's the first thing you would see on the sports pages. It dominated the sports pages. And I was fascinated with uh, his work, and I, I was privileged to work at the World Telegram and Sun, my first job in journalism. Uh, was a part-time job at the World Telegram, and I and I saw some of his uh, creations being created. So that was a that was a great moment for me. And and uh, as the years went by, I, I uh, you know I I mourned the fact that he was no longer drawing. Uh, 
And I thought to myself, what a great thing it would be to bring a collection of his drawings together in one volume so that they could be enjoyed by a new generation of sports fans. And um, it took 10 years to get this idea over, I mean, sold and, and the cartoons collected and the book published. But it was a worthwhile effort, and I'm very proud of uh, the Willard Mullen book, the Willard Mullen's Golden Age of Baseball. You know, for somebody like me who's 28 years old uh, and, and being fascinated by this era and, and these, especially this kind of stuff, um, it, it, it's nice that the Internet exists and that some people have taken some really sharp photos or, or uh, scans of some of his work. But what you've done is, is really put together some of the, the best of the best that, that's just right here at, at, you know, at my fingertips, but not in, the, not in the, uh, the new age way. And I like having the actual paper in front of me. It's, it's really a fantastic book, and everybody out there should go to Amazon and purchase a copy right now. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you became a sports journalist. Go all the way back to, to childhood. When did it first uh, pique your interest uh, well, in, in as, a kid growing, as a kid growing up in New York, we had three New York baseball teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Giants. And um, baseball was number one, the number one sport in this town. And I was fascinated with it as a little boy at seven, eight years old. And my father took me to my first baseball game in 1947. It was the Mayor's Trophy game between the Giants and Yankees. It was an annual um, uh, charity game which benefited the Sandlight uh, baseball programs in here in New York. And so now I walk into the Polo Grounds, which was an old ballpark where the Giants played, and you're eight years old, you don't know where to look first. I mean, your eye just, you're dazzled by the size of the scope of this place and grass greener the grass than you've ever seen before in your life. Seats that reach, seem to reach up to the sky and and light towers. and I mean, it's an amazing experience for a little kid. And um, I'm looking around, and my eye catches a structure that's hanging off the second deck. And I asked my father, what is that? And he said, oh, that's the press box. It's the press box. What is the press box? He said, that's where the writers sit. I said, the writers? And he said, yeah, they come here every day. That's their job. I said, let me ask you. The writers come here every day, and their job is to watch a baseball game? And he said, yes. And I thought, oh, well, I think I found my, my dream job. And so right. when I was eight years old, I decided this was what I wanted to do. And Willard Mullen, I'm sure, had a lot to, even though you didn't get into sports cartooning, Willard Mullen had a lot to do with that love. Oh, absolutely. I mean... It was just, it was a magic time. Uh, uh, when you consider the uh, material that he had to work with, with three New York baseball teams, and Mullen was not limited to baseball. This book is limited to baseball, but Mullen's yeah. work uh, covered the entire scope of the sports uh, spectrum. Uh, he did boxing, he did track and field, he did basketball, he did hockey, he did football, he did everything. And uh, it was just, uh, he was... A terrific cartoonist. He uh, he was great. So could you say maybe you're the Willard Mullen of the sports journalist <laughs> in the world? I'd like to believe that. <laughs> uh, you you covered all all different kinds of sports. Uh, go over a bit of your career for those that might be a, a little bit ignorant to it. Well, um, you know, I set out as a kid wanting to be a baseball writer, 
And as I grew up, I recognized that there was more to, more to sports than baseball. So I tried to broaden my, uh, my approach to my business, and I was fortunate enough to cover everything. I mean, I covered every Olympics between 1976 and, 19, and 2000 in Sydney. I covered boxing championships. I was there when Roberto Duran said no mas in New Orleans against Sugar Ray Leonard. I covered a lot of Mike Tyson fights. I covered basketball, the finals uh, of the NBA. I covered the Stanley Cup championships. And I was proud to say that when I retired, I had covered more Super Bowls and more World Series than any AP reporter in history. Now, that's changed because I've been retired for a while. But that was a, an achievement that I was very proud of. And congratulations to you on, on that uh, in, in retrospect. You know, obviously, it's 10, uh, about almost 10 years later, but uh, thank you for putting in that work and, and bringing this sports world to us. Now, uh, baseball still is your favorite sport. What brings you back to that, that game? I always felt uh, that baseball was the best game because it's a cerebral game. There is no time limit in baseball. In basketball, you have, uh, in college basketball, 40 minutes. In pro basketball, 48 minutes. Hockey is a 60-minute game. The same thing for football. The clock runs out on you. Not in baseball. It never runs out. I covered a game in, at Shea Stadium between the Mets and the Cardinals in 1974 that went seven, 25 innings. It, went, it was 3-1 to one in the ninth inning. Jerry Kuzman was breezing against the Cardinals, and a guy named Ken Reitz hit a two-run homer with two out in the ninth inning to tie the game at 3-3. And now we go, we go, and we go, and we go. And, and 25 innings they played that night, and in the 25th inning, a guy named Bake McBride got on first base, and the Mets had a relief pitcher named Hank Webb. Hank Webb's son now pitches for the Miami Marlins. And um, Webb was a left-hander, and he looked over at McBride, and he threw over, trying to keep McBride close to the base because McBride could run. And uh, he threw the ball away. And in the press box, that mo at that moment, there were an awful lot of writers cheering for Bake McBride to run, run, run. And he did. He scored from first base on a, on a, a wild pickoff throw, and that was the winning run in a 4-3 to three game. So that's the, that's the attraction. For me, that's the attraction of baseball. That there is no time limit, that it is proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. It's a game that uh, it's a game for the ages. And the Mets seem to have a bunch of these these extra inning games that go close to twenty. Uh, obviously, there was the St. Louis game a couple of years ago in uh, 2010, actually against uh, against St. Louis, excuse me. And um, this year they lost uh, something that I. I had to recap it for the Mets blog that I write. <laughs> that was I, I do the Saturday recap, and they decided to go 20 innings with the, the Marlins. It's remarkable, isn't it, how they get themselves involved in these games? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it says a lot about, uh, about basically this year, uh, specifically the way they, they kept playing all these extra inning games, and, and they'd, come, they'd come through in a few, but they, they had some problems winning at home. Uh, to digress to modern baseball real quick, but... They, uh, I, I, it, it basically they were just terrible at walking off. They couldn't. They they had a, a bunch of walk offs this year, but they just they couldn't walk off 
when in these extra inning games uh, in City Field. I mean, I, I'd like to take a look at what, exactly what the record was regarding that. But I, I, I remember some good walk-offs, but I, I mostly remember uh, just just get it done, and they wouldn't get it done. Their uh, their roster is a work in progress, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so uh, you you were born in the Bronx. You you lived up in the Bronx. Uh, how how did you become a Giants fan? And uh, you know what what didn't you like about the Yankees? I grew up in the Bronx. That's correct. And uh, I was introduced to baseball by my father who was a giant, had grown up as a Giants fan in the year of uh, McGraw and, and Frankie Frisch and those guys. And, and he said to me, the Giants are the best team, and that's the team you should root for. And so I did. Uh, and now, what did I not like about the Yankees? I didn't like the fact that they were a dynasty. I didn't like the idea that every year the Yankees were in the World Series. I, uh, I wanted it to be more spread around and... and I thought that they were very full of themselves because they won every year. So growing up in the Bronx and growing up in a neighborhood where we all had our own teams, we had a lot of Dodger fans, we had a lot of Giants fans, and we had a lot of Yankee fans. And it was a great time in my life, and, and I'll always remember it. She would say all over the tri-state area, it was rather evenly distributed when it came to the three teams. Yeah, I believe it was. Uh, you know the Dodgers had their uh, their following uh, largely in Brooklyn, obviously. Right. Um, the Yankees, because they were almost aristocratic and so uh, so successful, had their following, and the Giants had a loyalty as well. So uh, and Mullen, uh, you know, capitalized on this. I mean, he was a Giants fan. Uh, why I couldn't tell you, but he was. And so uh, he created, when he created the images of the three teams, he, the, the Brooklyn Dodger bum was his, uh, you know, his uh, landmark moment. That was, that was the best of all. Mm-hmm. He uh, created this uh, a giant, obviously, became a bulbous character um, with a little tiny head and a huge body, and he named him Willie. Now, why he named him Willie, nobody seems to know, but he did. And he named Willie before Willie Mays. Right? Yeah, before Willie Mays, yeah. And the Yankee character was a, just an aristocratic guy who walked, walked around with his chest out, proud as pudding, because he was, he was a champion every year. So those were Mullen's three images for the New York teams. But the Dodger bum is the, the classic. Uh, you, you know how that was created, right? I, I, did I tell you the story of how that was created? I know the story, and I've actually written it in script form, but by all means, please. Sure, sure. Mullen, uh, as we all do, we all go to the ballpark to get stories, and, and Mullen went to the ballpark to get ideas for his cartoons. And he was at Ebbets Field one day for a doubleheader, and he sat through the first game, and he sat through four or five innings of the second game, and now it was time to go back to the office. So he left the ballpark, and um, he hailed a cab. And he got in the cab, and uh, the driver said, how did our bums do today? And that struck a chord with Mullen because the driver didn't say, how did the bums do today or those bums? The driver said, how did our bums do today? And Mullen uh, interpreted that to mean that the Dodgers were truly a hometown team. They belonged to the borough of Brooklyn. So he created a bum. Until then, he had uh, the image of the Dodgers for Mullen was a clown because they were 
pretty much a clownish team. I mean, they had three guys wind up in third base one day. So uh, he, he used he used the clown as, as the image. And when the taxi driver made this remark about the bums, the bum became the image of the Dodgers. And, and uh, he evolved over the years. The first bum was not really... Uh, not really very captivating, if you want my opinion. He's in the book, but uh, it was not really the bum that we came to know and love. I mean, uh, and and when the bum, the bum, as I said, the bum evolved, uh, and he was a kind of a proud character, down on his luck, kind of wore a tatted coat and a, and a batted hat and that sort of thing. And now, in 1957, Walter O'Malley takes the Dodgers to California, to uh, Los Angeles. And Mullen was confronted with, what do I do now? Well, he transformed, transformed the bum into a Hollywood character. He gave him a beret, he gave him a pair of short pants, a checkered shirt, and then instead of a stub of a cigar in his mouth, he had a cigarette uh, uh, holder. He was typical Los Angeles, Hollywood. He had gone Hollywood. So Mullen was capable of, of making those kind of changes when they were called for. Uh, yeah, I just found that baseball official guide, uh, 1960 edition. And he also did uh, some great uh, Mets yearbooks in the 1969 World Series. These are some, yeah. some, yeah, some fantastic ones. And, uh, you know, he, he stuck with the, the, the kid version of, of Mr. Met, uh, of the Well, you know, when, when the Mets were born in 1962, uh, they enlisted Willard Mullen, who was the leading cartoonist of that time, to create a, a character, create an image for the Mets. So Mullen drew a little kid, he, uh, because he was the, the new kid on the block, drew a little kid, and he used his grandson as the model. His grandson was Teddy Rhodes. Uh, his daughter Shirley's son, Teddy, was the model for the first image of the Mets, and he appears on the, on the, uh, on the yearbook cover in 1962. So what is your earliest Willard Mullen memory? Oh, I would say as a kid growing up, uh, looking in the paper every day and, and frequently seeing the Brooklyn bum, the Brooklyn Dodger bum, and thinking, what, a, what an interesting way to, to portray the Dodgers. But it was a perfect portrayal, frankly. Um, you know, another thing that I, I see a lot uh, in these, these uh, cartoons is the satirizing of players asking for money, for contract negotiations, uh, and and it's it's really interesting to me that different times, considering the way things are, are done now, uh, was, tell me about that kind of environment uh, of, of back in the day with not only Willard Mullen and, and uh, these players negotiating contracts, but what was the public perception of players who wanted who were demanding too much money or wanted a lot of money? Well, you have to remember that Mullen arrived in New York. In 1934, uh, in the, this is the teeth of the, uh, the Great Depression, and uh, there were holdouts uh, throughout that era because players wanted a living wage, and, and I'm not talking millions, I'm talking thousands. Right. And um, Mullen had a feeling for those people who were on the lower end of the economic uh, barometer, and um, so there's a there's a portrayal in the in the book of a guy down on his luck sitting on a park bench and he's surrounded by newspapers talking about DiMaggio holding out and Ted Williams holding out and so forth and the message was 
how can these guys hold out when many people can't even find a job for just a living wage? So Mullen, Mullen had a sympathy for the condition, the economic condition of the country in those days, and uh, he sympathized with the, uh, the man in the street. I was lucky enough to turn to it right as you were talking about it, and yeah, this is this a, a fantastic cartoon. What yeah, are some I, of I, I insisted yeah. on that cartoon being in the book because I found it so compelling. Yeah, it's very, very compelling. And then, you know, in the, in the overcoat, it says, Help Wanted. It's the yeah, Help Wanted exactly. Um, what are some other uh, under, underrated, if you would, if you will, uh, you know, we all know about the Brooklyn Bum and, and some of these Giants yearbooks as well, and of course the Mets. What are some, what are some of your favorites that maybe people don't, haven't seen too, too much of? Uh, as I said, I was a Giants fan growing up, and uh, in 1951, I was 12 years old, and that's the great Giants win the pennant uh, playoff against the Dodgers. And you have to understand that the rivalry between the Giants and Dodgers here in New York was fierce. I mean, it was fierce. So the fact that they wound up in the playoffs together, uh, in the playoff for the pennant together, uh, just added to it. And the way it ended with Bobby Thompson's dramatic home run uh, was just, it was a perfect ending as far as I was concerned. And for Mullen, it was the perfect ending too because, as I said earlier, he he was a Giants fan. He was a great Giants fan. And he labeled that stretch run when the Giants won 37 out of 44 games, the little miracle of Coogan's bluff because they had been 13 and a half games behind in August, the middle of August. 13 and a half games in the middle of August, the game, the, series, the season is over. I mean, you can just pack your bags and figure you're going to go home. But the Giants went on this great run of 37 wins in 44 games and caught the Dodgers. And, and Mullen labeled that the little miracle of Coogan's Bluff. Coogan's Bluff was the area where the Polo Grounds was located here in New York. He also labeled Bobby Thompson's home run the shot that was heard around the world. Mullen was great with stuff like that. I mean, you guys who are listening know that uh, Lou Gehrig was called the Iron Horse. Well, the man who called Lou Gehrig the Iron Horse first was Willard Mullen. And he was just great with stuff like that. He had labels. He often used poetry in his, in his cart not often, but occasionally used poetry in his cartoons, odes to the players that he was drawing. I mean, the man was multi-talented. I'm looking at one right now. Uh, I turn to Sal Magley, and he's using some poetry in this this uh, one about Magley and the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's this great this great one that you were talking about. It seems as if it's before the playoff because it has a big giant walking away. It says 37 uh, one of last 44, uh, and, and uh, the the bomb is on the floor looking like he's been knocked out. Uh, now I got a razzle. You two out of three. Now I was supposed to be rested. And then the Yankee, Mister, uh, the Yankee guy is just standing over the side and saying, "Don't get yourself all tuckered out, boys." <laughs> so that's that's uh, this one. That's perfect. That's perfect, Mullen. He, he incorporated the whole story in that one cartoon, didn't he? Exactly. This. Well, tell me about this uh, this candle uh, cartoon with all these all these different names. Oh in, yes, yeah. Well, Mullen Mullen was a great man about town, and he was also a great. He was a member of the sports community, an important member of the sports community. So, I mean, at this time of the year, we all get Christmas cards and holiday cards, and 
and when you get a card, you respond and so forth. Well, if he was going to respond to all the cards that he got, he'd have no time to draw any cartoons. So he came up with the idea of incorporating all of the names of his friends and people who would send him cards, all of their names in a cartoon, in a holiday-themed cartoon. So one of the cartoons that he did was a Christmas candle, and he, that candle is composed of all names of people in the sports, in the sports business and in the sports world. He also did one uh, when the Giants left town. He he drew a a cartoon of his classic giant, the the big bulbous character, and it was composed of all the names of giant players down through the years. He was. <laughs> He was remarkable that way. He could do that, and it took him some time, but he did it. He also did a cartoon. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's in the book. He did a cartoon of the great Tutch Shore. Uh, younger people won't know who Tutch Shore is. Tutch Shore was a great restaurant tour here in New York, and his restaurant was a hangout for the sports crowd. Everybody who was in sports would congregate in his in his restaurant. And so Mullen drew a cartoon of the bar at Tut Shores, and you could see all of the familiar faces of that time. Just a, a great cartoon, and it, uh, it typified Mullen because Mullen was pals with all those people. Again, uh, I, I abhor everybody to go buy this book. It's Willard Mullen's Golden Age of Baseball Drawings, 1934 to 1972. Uh, you can find it on Amazon.com. Al, you very very much for for joining me and you're welcome anytime to talk more about the era come on uh, come back on pleasure to do it sam absolutely happy holidays and happy new year thank you the same to you all right that's our show everybody have a good one take care With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.